Welcome to BizBody, where your body is your business. I'm your host, Keith Shimon. Today, we sit down with Eric Murray. He is an NFL vet cornerback who plays for the Houston Texans. This was recorded when he was in training camp. We talk about what it's like staying safe as a player during the COVID-19 pandemic. We also get into some of the technology that he and I are using for performance and cognitive growth and recovery. We also talk a little bit about empowering our children. So enjoy the conversation with Eric Murray. Hello. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I just got home. I was coming from uh this vision this vision training thing. So I met with these dudes out here. They do vision training. So I've done it before. I did it in college before. And it's just another side of sports performance. Um that's where I kind of got introduced to it. So I just Is it like, like screen based or is it like uh analog? Uh both. Hmm. So they got like this this technology called Synaptic. That's like one of the big uh, vision places that does it. Uh, so it's like this huge vision board where they do reaction time, near park quickness. They do depth perception. They do they do a ton of stuff. Um, mm. go, go through these tests and stuff. Um, it measures your visual your visual clarity, uh, visual acuity, hand eye coordination. Uh, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Like anything you can really think of, they can measure. What are what are some things that you notice from like when you go through it? Uh, your eyes get real tired. Um, uh, it really shows you that your eyes are muscle, just like anything else, and you can train it. It's just figuring out those ways that it can be trained and go hmm. So, do you ever do like speed reading stuff then? Speed reading, um. Uh, no, I don't really do that part of it, but they do, like, they have parts where, like, the near-far quickness one would probably be something towards speed reading. Hmm. And then it just measures, like, even for children, if they have a hard time reading because their eyes get watery or they get, like, tired when they read, that can be something, like, a cue that something in their visual uh, is a little off. Do they do they also talk about like light sensitivity too? Then, yeah. Hmm. So they do stuff like that too. I mean, it's a it's a whole array of, array of stuff they they track. What's the What's the name of the place that you go to? Uh, it's called Extreme Vision, Houston, Texas. It's, they got a um, they got a Instagram and some of the I think a player, what's his name, Brandon Bell. I think he's a professional baseball player. He worked with them, and he says hmm. he. He swears by it. So I've done it hmm. a couple times. And I mean, I like it. You see people working with the Hiko sticks and all that stuff. And that's cool. Hmm. But I don't know if uh, that completely gets the whole job done holistically. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pieces of that puzzle, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so much happening that can help with performance and with – coordination in general because coordination is just all these sim- like all these different systems that are working together at, at a certain like performance state you know right. so it's like whatever you can 
whatever you can hone in and then somehow the, the brain and body finds a way to, to mash that together into mm -hmm. performance, then, then awesome, you know? Yeah. Apparently my depth perception and my, my convergence and divergence isn't very good. Hmm. So like I can see far away from me, like I can see it and, but my visible focus and my visual clarity is like really, really good. So I could focus on something real good, but once it moves and then tracking it and then refocusing back on it, I can't really do that. So like hmm. if I had something that's far away, right. And then when it comes closer to me, being able to move my eyes to that point or to the bridge of my nose, my eyes don't like to, to rotate in and do that. They'd rather just stay fixed and I'm seeing two of one thing or mm. when it's here and then it's moving out, they still stay fixed. They don't really use the periphery how they're supposed to. So hmm. those was my big fails today. Um, but they gave me some stuff to work on. Uh, and it's, so, it's been like, like, how do you work on that at home then? So it's like, a um, it's a, it's called a, I can't remember the name of the thing, but it's a string. It got three beats on it. Put one beat up real close to you, put one far away and another the furthest away. So when you have it, it makes a triangle and it I, duplicates the beat. So you're going to have two strings. So if it's one blue dot, it should be two blue dots. And then when you, and you're going to keep that triangle. So when you look at the red one, it should be a triangle again and then two red dots. Hmm. And then once you go to the furthest one, it should be, it should create another duplicate of, if it's green, two green triangles. So you should see two greens, two reds, and two blues. And hmm. then your, the bridge of your nose is like the bottom of the triangle. And then, so we worked you're on going that. Through, you're going through training camp right now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So today's our day off. Um, so that's good, but yeah, we're in training camp right now, and what do we do? We do COVID testing every day. And that's pretty new. So <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, like, one of the things that that I'm really interested in seeing, um, like your point of view and and like what you're going through, and, mm -hmm. and I, like a lot of a lot of gyms and a lot of like dentists and a lot of massage therapists. Are, are there's a lot of different people that listen to this show mm -hmm. and just understanding what like processes have helped you with and helped the team with COVID and like what you feel has helped you personally with, um, with your outlook and what you yeah. feel like the season's going. And, and so you feel safe and your family feels safe. And cause I know like a lot of people um, still view it as, you know, still view it as, uh, Hey man, there's a lot of people that are asymptomatic. There's a lot of people that right. don't really feel bad with it. And there's other people that get blown up for mm -hmm. like very, very un unbeknownst reasons. Right? right. Other than, I mean, if you're completely annihilated with, um, your immune system or like you're dealing with some pretty crazy type two diabetes from really crappy lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. people get blown up, but I mean, um, I don't know if you've if you've seen anybody in the league that really got blown up from it yet, or that you noticed like you have to take an extra step, a precaution for you and, and your family 
with what you go through. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's mainly, it's mainly just taking precautions for the family because like most of the players, um, unless you have like some type of underlying, um, condition or something like that, uh, they, most of them opted out, but it's other players who had like cancer before and stuff like that. And they still willing to take the risk, but I would, mm. the only thing that bothers me is if I get somebody else sick and you know, they have a hard time with it because I mean, I guess I don't feel like I I would have a super hard time with it. I actually know mm. a couple of people who had it. Um, my mom had it and mm. my mom is 46. Um, and she just, you know, she's kind of steamrolled through it. Um, she lost her sense of taste and smell and stuff like that. But other than that, she was fine. Um, my grandma, she's 72. She had it. And it kind of, it affected her a little bit because she had to go get surgery in the hospital and stuff like that. But I know she was kind of health conscious and, you know, she swears by her garlic pills and she take them all the time <laughs> and stuff like that. And she was fine. But then my cousin, who's 38, 38 or 40, he got it. And he was like in really, really, really bad shape. Um, and it was times where he felt like he, you know, he needed to really go to the hospital and he didn't. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Cause you don't really know. Uh, yeah. I, I just think most people think they healthier than what they really are. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is yeah. it by far. It's just like, Hey, do you know, do you know what healthy eating is like? Oh yeah. I can do it whenever I want. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, you, you say you hit it on the head, man. Like most people think that they're way healthier than mm -hmm. what they are. That's so good. And one of those underlying conditions they were talking about was obesity. And it's like, come on now, we're, you know, we all American. We know most Americans are on the obese side. And it's just mm -hmm. like, they don't really care about the obese part. They just look at the, oh, you know, if you got cancer or sickle cell or something like that, then you you're high risk, but you know, you got hypertension and obesity, you on the high risk side as well. <laughs> Very high risk. <laughs> so, you know, like they're just waiting. It seems like it was, it was interesting. It was like one of my friends got upset about the whole like Wisconsin wear a mask thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, like for me, I really don't care. You know, I wore masks to work how many times by just doing jobs where, I mean, I had really tough jobs through college where it was like, I, I worked at a place where I was sandblasting all the time, mm -hmm. you know, or water blasting. And I had to wear a mask when I, when I repainted things because otherwise I'd be sucking in fumes all day. Right. It was like, and, and it was in, this guy was a, a smoker at one point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what's the difference between smoking a cigarette inside and not wearing a mask inside? Like, what's the difference? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it, I really don't care if it means that I'm asymptomatic and I don't get like somebody else sick, which I feel bad about, like you said, but, um, I, I can only imagine what it would be like to be blown up by something like that. You know what I mean? Cause like you said, you just, you just don't know. And, and all we really have is our health. Mm -hmm. So we got, we got a lot of protocols in place though, as far as the NFL and the, some of the differences that we have to go through, like everything is no touch. Um, we have to siphon people, people building in groups. Uh, everybody has a different squad that they come in through. Um, I wear a mask every day. Now I work out in the mask. We got these, uh, like these connects on bands. It's kind of like the contact mm -hmm. tracing. Like when we get to work, we'll put the band on, 
And then if somebody does test positive, it'll ping off that person's man and let you know where, like, if you were in contact with them and for how long you were in contact with them. Um, so it's a lot of stuff that we had to go through and really get ironed out before we return back to work. Yeah. It's, it's just for safety, man. And nobody want, really wants their family to get sick. I mean, but I guess nobody wants to struggle with money either. But if you can go to work, put on a mask and be safe and you not being traced when you go back home, I really, really don't see what, you know, what all the complaining is about. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's when you want to go to work, you want to be able to provide, you know, you want to be able to um, keep your family safe all in one, one fall swoop. It's just mm-hmm. like, there's so many, there's so many people out there that don't really have the opportunity to even go back to work, you know, cause their, their entire career got messed up by COVID. Like if you're, right. in the, you're in the food service industry and, and, you, and you can't really make food for people because like you don't have takeout, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you're kind of done, you know? So even like movies, I mean, how many people are really waiting to go back to the movies, you know? And um, I have a friend that also runs a jujitsu academy. It's like how many people are want to wrestle with each other, you Mm -hmm. know? So that are kids. And so it's, yeah, it, it, I think, you know, it's very, uh, very cool to point out. It's like, you get an opportunity to, to do something that, that number one, you enjoy, uh, number two, well, I mean, I'm assuming you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and and then you also get to uh, you also get to be safe at the same time because I mean, football is not the the safest sport, no. you know. Period. So it's like you're reducing risk on the health front so that you can maintain your health throughout the the rest of your career. You know, it all boils down. To, I think the just caring about your partner too, man, because it's just like. If somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do, you putting other people at risk. And it just – it goes through other teams too. You know, they have to do the right things in order for us to play. And we mm-hmm. got to do the right things in order for them to play. So it just boils back to caring about your common man and your neighbor. Like, really, and that's what there's a lack of. Um, so in order for something, you know, to work or for us to return back to what we need to do, I think that's probably the biggest part that needs to happen first and people just need to stop being so selfish. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, what I notice is that it would be okay to be selfish to keep other people safe too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, if that was what you chose to be selfish with, it's like, there's one thing to be selfish with. And that's to like, say, if I keep everyone else safe, Mm-hmm. it's going to be returned to me anyways. Right. You know, and, and, and like, to me, my, that's just common decency though, but that's, that's also my opinion, you know, and other mm-hmm. people don't, they don't need that opinion. That's totally, that's totally okay. If they think otherwise. And like one of my friends said to, uh, he was discouraged about the whole mask thing. And he's, he told the person who thought it was important to wear masks to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you really mean for someone to stay safe, I'm like, wouldn't you want to protect them? Right. <laughs> That's that seems to be staying safe for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we work with how many people here um, at, that you've been to my place, and we have right. a lot of people who are compromised in their immune system. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't even imagine like spreading that to anyone in our shop. You know. Yeah, that would be devastating for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I have a type one diabetic wife. Right. So, no. 
Well, man, like, um, so what, uh, what are other things that you noticed that changed a lot this year? Um, besides the opting out that you noticed? Um, I mean, really not too much other than that. Like once we hit the football field and we do stuff together, um, only difference is we all have masks on. Like that's like the biggest difference. Uh, our meetings, our meetings are mostly zoom now uh, to where it's like back in a, like last year in training camp, I would probably wake up eight o'clock, get to the facility and spend from spend from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. in the facility around people all day, you know. Now I'm probably spending my time around 20 people at a time. Um, everything is spaced out, the showers. You can't use all the showers anymore. You can only use certain showers. You can only use certain toilets in the bathroom. Everything is, uh, it's a lot of signage around the building pointing people in what direction to go to. So you know how people are flowing. You don't want people going in the wrong way or doing stuff like that. It's hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh-huh. I got so many <laughs> sanitation wipes and stuff like that. So the football part is still the same. Uh, that's really, you really can't really get around that. Um, but as far as like the, you know, the housekeeping issues around it, keeping yourself safe and keeping everybody else safe. That's, that's been the biggest difference. Like throughout the day, I'm on the silver team. So I have a, a team of people that I'm on with. It's like 20 of us. We have a separate locker room. The locker room isn't all together anymore. We have four different locker rooms now for four different teams. Mm. So we lift in four separate groups. We do everything separate. The only thing we kind of do together is a walkthrough, and once we get to practice, that we'll do that together. Mm. But everything else is is just sectioned off, um, and you work with your squadron. You see these same 20 people all the time, <laughs> and – if you have friends in the other squadron, you may not see them to the walkthrough, you know, so it's you like groundhog day. Yeah. So you go a whole, you might go a whole day without seeing somebody, you know, until you really have to do a team activity. Wow. Um, people don't eat in the cafeteria like normal. Like if you get food, everybody's sitting down. No, you go in the cafeteria. It's no buffet style or nothing like that. Like people, they hand you your food and you leave the cafeteria. If you need something, <laughs> if you want to sit down and eat, only three people can sit down at a table at a time. Um, and then even though tables are socially distant. So everything is just really different on the housekeeping issue. Um, so it took some getting used to, but everybody's starting to find that rhythm and that routine. Hmm. Do they mention, um, uh, did like management mention like what happens um, during the season if – Cause like I see what MLB is going through with yeah. some people that are testing positive and shutting down games or postponing games. Did uh, they talk to you about any of any of that stuff or is that pretty much all being figured out? Uh, that's really all being figured out as we go. Cause they really don't know like traveling um, and stuff like that. Like if you on a plane with a flight attendant and she has it, like your team is going to get it. Um, yeah. And I think the difference between what the team has going is I get COVID tested every day. So that frequent testing, like, has less air for false positives and false negatives. So if I can get tested constantly and then I get on a plane where a lady who's been tested once every month or, you know, every two months, like that's not really helping us and that's not really helping her to know whether she has it or whether she doesn't have it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's consistency. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's, I never really thought about it like that. I mean, when you, when you're going through this, I mean, I mean, it's unprecedented to see what, what people are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about uh, the future of football? Like if this is something that's for another year or two years, like mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think about that? I think it'll, I think it'll return back to normal. I mean, I, once you step inside the white lines and stuff, like people are going to, football is going to be football. Like we're not those face shields. I remember they put out the face shields and said, you know, people don't wear these face shields, but most most of my peers and even myself, like I'm, I don't really want to wear that face mask. If I'm getting tested constantly and we all supposedly good, I yeah. think we'll go out there and do our regular thing on the football field. Um, as far as like the fans, uh, that'll be the tricky part because I don't know if they'll try to have them sign waivers or you know because people risking their health to come to these games and stuff like that. So if an agreement has to be reached with the fans, that's the the most difficult part I see about football ever returning mm-hmm. back to normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I didn't even think about the, the whole idea of actually watching a game. I just, with, with, uh, MLB going with the, uh, the stands with paper cutouts and whatnot, it's just, or the idea of the NBA going to the whole bubble system in mm-hmm. order to try to protect, um, or keep everyone safe. It, it's interesting to see which system is going to be most effective in order to, um, deliver what what everyone in each like the the, the players, the owners, mm-hmm. the spectators, how everyone gets out of it, what they're looking to get out of that experience, while while still you know being relatively safe, you know. So yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, well, man, you, what's it like? Uh, what was, what's it like being a, a new father? I haven't had a chance to catch up with you since all this stuff happened. Uh, I don't know if I tell you, I had another baby. I had oh god man <laughs> so, and, and, so, <laughs> it's been too long new father times too but uh i had a baby girl like a month ago um, congratulations man july 2nd thank you but um i've been enjoying fatherhood i mean it's just very pleasant to be able to wake up and you know see their faces every day and just be able to live life with them every day and that's probably been one of the hardest parts for covid for me is just sacrificing my family because right now i'm in houston by myself um mm. I came here, I came here because they said everything was bad. Well, most of what most of what the news I was hearing was terrible, um, and I really didn't want to go and have those doctor's appointments because the two month appointment is very crucial for vaccinations and stuff like that. Yeah. So I decided to leave her in Georgia because it's they live in a more rural era area. So um, better act. So that was, that's been a big sacrifice for me right now. Well, that's, that's intense, man. Right. I mean, you do do a lot throughout the, um, throughout the year to keep yourself ready. You do a lot of stuff <laughs> that, um, to come back, to be around family. Um, give, can you give the listeners an idea of what your year's like outside of, uh, of the NFL season to show like how much you, you prepare? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, during the season, we wake up, 
7 a.m. like everybody else, go to work, be from be there, be at work from seven to five. You know, having meetings, doing practice and stuff like that. Once that ends, I mean, you have to take a, take time to decompress and get the body ready for another season like that. Um, so most of my time is spent like finding other 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 measures to stay healthy. I think my first year I did Pilates. Um, so I try to just stay in shape that way, doing like lighter workouts with less intensity. Uh, and then you might do some type of body work, whether it be massage or MAT, you know, that's how I got to know you and stuff like that. So, um, then you might go into a more intense training phase where you're trying to prepare for, prepare for your sport, um, running, lifting five days a week. Uh, eating right all the time, like never really have a cheap meal here and there, but just trying to keep your body in peak physical shape. Like you look at like players like Aaron Donald and people like that, they kind of, that's kind of like the blueprint of a football player because they're working out 24 seven year round. You know, it's never really a break when you playing football and you're trying to get better and prepare yourself for the next season, especially when compiling injuries on top of that and the yeah. lingering things going on, it's really a never-ending battle because your health is either declining or it's getting better. So you have mm. to stay on top of it and um, constantly do things to offset the stress that you're putting on your body. Um, and the recovery is just as important as the work that you put in. So. Now you're, a, you're an avid traveler. Mm-hmm. So... Now, I mean, now that you have two kids, it's, it can be a little more difficult to to go off to uh, v- visit some of the most beautiful places that, that you showed me pictures of, like when you're off to Spain. Yeah. Do you have any uh, <laughs> any places on your horizon that would be a, a family can getaway that, that would be of uh, equivalent? No, I got to get more versed in my family vacations right now, like because most of the vacations I took before were just, you know, me and my wife. So it's like. I think the last place we went to was Hawaii and I was with our son. So it was like, to me, that was like, this is a family spot. We going to Hawaii, but I don't know. That's not really my speed right now, but I guess I, I got to figure it out. <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you taking the time out and, and having a conversation with me. Um, that, um, you, uh, if I could point them to like Instagram or anything like that. I mean, they can follow me on Instagram. But oh, that's that's perfect. Or again, uh, I don't know why I just did that, but I don't. <laughs> they can follow me on Instagram, uh, e underscore Murray twenty one. That's what it is. Cool, cool, man. Well, and then I'll congratulations again, and and I hope everyone stays nice and safe. And um, yeah, whenever you want to, uh, whenever you're coming back into town, let me know, and and we can catch up. All right. How you like that Kirko court? And it's, I play with it a lot, man. Like mm-hmm. I, there's a couple things that I've been, I've been into lately. I, I'm, I'm gearing up to buy, um, red light. Okay. Um, I bought, I'm I got also, the red light machine. Oh, Which one are you buying? I'm thinking, um, the red light co instead of the juve. I know a lot of okay. people were talking about the juve, but, uh, red light mm-hmm. co, seems to be seems to be like seems to be really really good and, okay. and like to be honest it's like i could get twice as much than than i could get for the juve at the price point right so and um 
There's another place called Viome, V-I-O-M-E, that is taking uh, the microbiome and matching that with your DNA. So it's like, there's this thing called micro RNA that's, okay. that's being researched right now. And it's really, um, it's what gets pumped out of the fungus, bacteria, viruses, and um, like symbiotes that are in your gut. Because there's four okay. things that make up your biome, not just bacteria. Okay. So they're, they're pumping out this micro RNA and your DNA uses that so that you can um, you can build stuff to enhance around your environment. So it's like okay. the microbiome is kind of a mirror of your environment. And okay. it's, as it's pumping out certain things, like your genetic code starts to build like proteins and other kind of things mm -hmm. like that. So this company, it takes a blood sample and a stool sample and tells you exactly what kind of foods you would need to then feed the right type of microbiome okay. that would match your DNA. Yeah, that's so I, I, yeah, it's, it's really cool. So I want to, I want to check that out. It's like, I just because we were shut down for a while, mm -hmm. um, I'm just building back up with all my safety procedures and 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 when I have revenue coming in mm -hmm. regularly, then I'll start like budgeting out to do some of these like micro experiments, you know. Okay. So, because I'm really looking forward to the Viome stuff. I'm really looking forward to the red light. And what do you notice for the red light for you? That, that, do you stay regular with it? Um, I was regular with it when I was in Cleveland. I haven't used it um, so far. I, but it takes a lot of stress off your eyes, really, just because you, you know, you're looking at a screen all day and stuff like that. So what I actually did was I bought uh, the red light glasses. The oh. ones. So, like, once it um, – once you go to – once it hit about like seven o'clock, you put the glasses on and then you wear them for however long before you go to sleep. And I got this Whoop watch, so it tracks. Yeah, you know, it tracks my HRV and all that stuff. And every every time I wear those glasses, sleep like my HRV is really high. And when I was, really? yeah, when I wasn't wearing it, my HRV it was just hovering around like eighty, hit a ninety-one here and there. Um, maybe a more more seventies than than that, but then when I put the glasses on, I'm I'm eighty plus, ninety plus, hmm. one twenty. The highest HRV I got was like one twenty, and that's like. But I always get that on like Sundays because that's kind of the day I played the most football. So hmm. I think I'll kind of keep growing with that. But the red light, I think it helps with soreness, and it's just a good way to wind down, like just to feel the heat on your skin and all that stuff. So. Hmm. Yeah, I got it. But that, gotta, that volume yeah. thing really, you know. Yeah, you yeah. About. You got the um. I I have whoop. But then the most interesting thing is, I like when I wear my whoop, I tend not to sleep well. It's weird. It's like okay. I, I don't know if I like psych myself out. Like, what's my score gonna be? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, can't sleep with this thing on my wrist. Yeah, I feel it. I, feel it. I was I was like that in the first few days. I was always like waking up, checking it as, as soon as just to see. But then I started just to like, you know, try to wake up and just feel how I want to feel. And then I will check it later in the day to see if that was, you know, synonymous to what the, the data was pumping out. Hmm. Um, so I just tried to I just try to keep it like that. Now, I, I went days without checking it and doing stuff like that. And I just go back and look to see how I feel. Um, so I, I just been trying to sleep hack. I bought like a Uller thing like this like this cooling it's like a cooling mattress right 
Oh yeah, like a chili pad kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I bought I just bought that. The Texans kind of put me onto that. So I got that. And then I just bought a hyperbaric chamber. It's oh, kind cool. Of, it's pretty expensive. But yeah. I, I wanted to see what the what the difference was. Everybody say like spending time over one atmospheric pressure or something is supposed to have all these benefits. So I just bought one. Um and I'll let you know how it how it works afterwards. Uh, the only time I've been around a, uh, I've been around a hyperbaric chamber when I first got out of college when I was at um, IPI with Pete. We had yeah, we had somebody drop one off and we had it in our facility for the combine guys for like a month. Mm-hmm. And I, it was when Byron Leftwich came out of school and he had his uh, his tibia was fractured that one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. So like we had him at the facility. He was. They duct taped his feet to the to the bike because he couldn't he couldn't like weight bear. So the other leg yeah. just kind of went went around. And he was so deconditioned that he was barfing on the bike and he couldn't get off the bike because wow. he was he was stuck to it. I'm just That's like, scary. oh my God. <laughs> Puke everywhere. I was like, not good, man. Not 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 good at all. <laughs> That's great. Oh, dude. Hey man, um, yeah, that's that's really what I've been up to lately. I have a, um, I have a morning exploration thing that I'm that I'm coming out with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically like doing micro table work on your own in the morning. So if you have a morning routine, um, I'll show it to you. You let me know what you think if you ever want to go through some of those micro processes. It's almost like having full access to. Um, Kind of like a like an MAT practitioner, but okay. you're just going through it yourself. You okay. know? So it's it's pretty cool when you can find something that's not really working that well and do mm-hmm. something about it. Cause it's kind of like when you had the guy that was showing those isometrics that you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, imagine actually having a decision tree so you know which isometrics to do for what situation. Right. Right. And that's it's it takes about a total of 15 minutes in the morning to do so you can add it to a morning routine okay so oh one more thing so like how did you get like your daughter and her creativity like how did you kind of like cultivate that oh man <laughs> so because i like well, the i stuff mean she'd be drawing like that's it's real nice and then like how you every night up and stuff like that that's real tight too dude every every night she's like that and the hardest thing is that she's a night owl and like our bedrooms are like right adjoined. So when she's going through stuff, like right now I got to sleep downstairs because she's too noisy at night. Yeah. But I, I don't want her to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I want it. I want her to keep painting. I want her to keep drawing. And, and she's, she's very strong that way that I have to um, convince her to go outside and yeah. convince her to be active, you know, where Jack is, he'll want to go outside and be active, but as soon as he's inside, he wants to be on a screen you know so it but i wasn't that different growing up because my dad was a you know he was a manager of an arcade Mm -hmm. so it's like video games was kind of in in our family you know right um it's either video games or complete lack there of anything and you're outside playing sports Mm -hmm. you know so but um no all i did was um my mother's really creative as well she's a Mm -hmm. she's an artist um writer uh painter so we would just do non-stop 
drawing together. Like I would mm -hmm. literally sit there and just draw with her and she wanted to draw as well as I did. And she's, she's really, really oh, good. Matt, you draw all that stuff? Yeah. I, I, um, the whole, uh, we, we were outside doing, um, chalk art. I don't okay. know if you saw the, yeah, the post with the, so the, that toad, this one, that toad drawing right there. Yeah. That's the size of a huge slab of concrete. That was me. Okay. Nice. So like I, and I did it just free form. And so like, I've, I've done a lot of different styles of drawing and mm -hmm. not as much painting, but, um, Whenever, and you learned, whenever and you learned that from your, your mom, you said? From, from my mother and okay. from books. You know, it's like I, I did a lot of that. And I, I play, I've been playing guitar and bass for since I was in middle school. Right? Okay. So she plays piano. So I would say, I would say, like, see if she wants to play piano. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say, like, cultivate multi creative things. Like, what are things that, that lead to an inspirative, uh, especially with music that she likes so that mm -hmm. she can start playing music that she likes. Okay. Um, and then find things that she um, likes to experiment with. Like say like Kenzie was into um, making slime. Okay. Right? She liked to make putty. That's kind of so how my sister is. She's uh, 11 and she can draw like, She's better than me at drawing. And I was telling my mom, I actually, I sent her a picture of that because uh, you put up one of your daughter's paintings and the way you framed it, you know, it looked like artwork. It wasn't just like, uh, uh, you know, it just wasn't just like a, a piece of paper, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told my mom, I'm like, you should do this for my little sister because she can draw and she has sketchbooks and stuff like that. And just any way to keep cultivating her, like her artistic side, because I, I was creative, but I'm not, I'd never was really good at drawing. I kind of got discouraged yeah. early about drawing because my drawings weren't as good as other people because I was just more, I just wanted to be good at and better than that. I asked her, but I asked, I asked her every night, mm -hmm. you know, it's like that she gets rewarded by seeing like my reaction from the stuff and you're, you're implanting the, the seed that uh, a male that is in your life is someone that's really interested in things that you are interested in and that isn't trying to change you. Right. So I, I try to figure out the things that she likes. And then from there, I'm, I, I support it as much as I possibly can. Like I, Jen and I go out and actively uh, buy like a pen or buy like a brush, you know, yeah. here or there. And then uh, my, my, my mother-in-law or my mom ends up, buying her a sketchbook or or like uh anything that she can create with and because it's not all just drawing she's yeah she's also into um like she was into like painting she was also into um like braiding and she likes just mm -hmm. to build things you know right. so and i think that like finding out what your daughter likes to build just just be like how can i help you build more yeah you know? <laughs> this is awesome and um yeah, like I said, whenever you're whenever you're in town, like feel free to give me a call, okay? Okay, for sure. Take care of yourself, man. Stay right, safe. Thank you for listening to BizBody. If you want more, go over to bizbody.net and check out all of our other shows. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Look forward to a whole other set of shows coming up very shortly. So until then.